This is Joe Tilly. You're listening to John Carlo on Vibe 105. Don't miss it. Pay attention. Sports coming up. Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey, everybody, this is John Carlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're going to be talking about the profession of sports broadcasting and a little bit of boxing today. To help me out, I'm happy to be joined by my guest. He's an icon in the sports broadcasting field in Canada. You've seen him on CFTO's sports team and CTV News. He's Joe Tilly. How you doing, Joe? I'm great, John Carlo. Good to be here, my man. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this whole pandemic has been causing a lot of leagues and even the profession of broadcasting to go uh, in a different direction, a new norm. Uh, How have you been able to just cope with it and uh, maintain some sanity during this time? Well, you know what? It's uh, for me, I I connect with a lot of people via Zoom and FaceTime and stuff like that. So I've got friends all over North America, some who I've met through this uh, pandemic. So it's a little bit different. It's a it's a it's an it's a new world it's a new scenario and i think we should be getting used to it because uh, i think this is the way of the future it's going to be you know uh people are learning to communicate via you know the internet now and uh you know for obvious reasons it's because of safety factors and everything else but it's also becoming quite a convenience i mean you can talk to several people in a day without leaving your home and uh, people can do business without leaving their home people can work without leaving their home and uh, so it's it's changing the landscape, uh, you know, the, the the future as we, you know, life as we know it now it, it has changed forever, I think. And it's, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I, I, I've been able to, uh, you know, uh, connect, like I said, connect with a lot of different people, different places in the world. And uh, I really, I kind of enjoy it, right? I'm getting used to it. And it's, uh, it's great, you know, but uh, we do miss the uh, personal contact, but, you know, in a sense, it's still there. So I, I've been able to, uh, you know, you know, between doing my sports show and, and doing uh, other stuff, I, I, you know, I've been able to pretty well have a semi-normal life throughout this. Yeah, it's good to hear. You know, your career, actually, it started off at a really interesting time because TSN wasn't really established as uh, the go-to for sports in Canada, and Sportsnet was still not a long way away for like about 15 years, maybe, before they really got kicked off and went on running there on Rogers. So when mm-hmm. you were breaking into sports broadcasting, what did the field look like? Well, the only, the only sports broadcasting on television was on the networks, right? Uh, CTV, CBC uh global you know like uh there were there were independents like city um but uh yeah there, there were there weren't a lot of options there was no such thing as a 24-hour sports network in canada when i got into uh the business there espn was up and running but uh at that time they were kind of small potatoes really they they uh, you know they, they had things like australian rules football and and that, that type of stuff they, they didn't have any any major sports properties um, but people started to tune in regularly for their sports capsules or their sports center content. And, and, uh, you know, it was a place where you could get the, uh, all your sports highlights and, and, and pretty, um, comprehensive sports highlights. So that's what started to happen in Canada. And, you know, in, I think it was 1985 TSN was launched. Um, and, uh, you know, back when I first started in Toronto, there was a sports line on global. And that was a very popular show. And again, it was an hour at night and they had lots of time to, 
you know, to show highlights and, 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 uh, in a sense, they were my competition. Uh, but I only had like eight minutes for sports. They had an hour. So if you're a hardcore sports enthusiast, you're probably turning into turning into sports line. But if you're an average person, you might be turning into mine because I mean, it's like you, you only have seven or eight minutes and you know, you're sharing the TV with other family members and, and not everybody wants to watch an hour of sports at, at 11 o'clock at night. So yeah, it's uh different, different times. That's for sure. But uh, you know, the business of sports and, and sports broadcasting is really evolved and changed since when I first got in there. Yeah. And like you were uh, then the, the CFTO news team sports section there, you're covering sports and like, what was the day-to-day, like a typical day-to-day like for you and your colleagues there? Well, when I first started at CFTO, I was, uh, I anchored the weekend sports and then I, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I did reporting. So I'd go down to the, you know, the, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens back then and cover the Leafs or uh, do stories on the Leafs or I'd go to Exhibition Stadium to do stories on the Jays or Argos or, uh, you know, report on whatever else was in town, you know, that particular day. Uh, there, there were often press conferences with regard to, you know, the sports teams. There were also press conferences to do with, you know, the starting up of the Molson Indy at that time. And, you know, uh, there would always be a news conference pretty much you know, every other day uh, that I would cover. And then when I wasn't covering those days, I'd do, be doing uh, stuff with the Leafs reports on the Leafs and Argos and, and the Jays. And then uh, on the weekends, I would just, I would just uh, anchor both shows and jam it up with as much sports as I could get in there. And it was great. And like the delivery, I think of one line that you do, like sports coming up, like that delivery yeah, yeah. you have is it's just one line that people would say, but the way you deliver it, everyone knows, like when I was watching like the newscast that night, I would see you come on and I know right away, okay, that's when he's going to be talking about sports and going to find out what happened in the Leaf game, the Raptors game. So right. was that something that just came about naturally or did you think of how can I connect with the viewers like that? Well, you know, I, I used to do, uh, okay, so what happened um, a number of years ago we started doing promos. Uh, we'd be, uh, I, I would, I would, I would voice a promo, run a little bit of highlights on the on the promo, and it would be like, uh, you know, Maple Leafs getting ready to face uh, to face the Bruins. Um, this is a you know big game, a playoff position could be on the line. Sports coming up, and I just would uh, voice that promo, and then we 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 moved into a new set, probably around the year two thousand, I'd say. And uh, at that particular time, uh, it was an elaborate set. We had these stairs, and they wanted me to use the stairs for my promo. And they wanted me to do my promo live using the stairs. So I, uh, I started, you know, doing it, walking down the stairs. I'm Joe Tilly, uh, you know, Raptors, you know, and, and Spurs. Uh, going overtime, sports. Coming up, and, and it just seemed natural for me to just sort of throw my hand up, coming up, and it was just the first time I did it, walking down those stairs. It just seemed natural to me, and, and I so I did it, and then uh, I just kept doing it. And I remember, uh, like, so Lloyd Lloyd Robertson, remember the CTV news anchor for many years? Uh, you know, he 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 was in the, always. I'd always see him in the studio. Sorry, in, in the makeup room. You know, I'd be getting my makeup on. He'd be taking his makeup off, uh, coming off his show before I take, got on my show. 
And he, and he said to me, he said, Joe, I love that sports coming up, man. Don't ever stop doing that. That's fantastic. So I, I thought, well, you know, there's who, who better to, to uh, endorse that uh, than Lloyd Robertson? If you remember Lloyd, Lloyd used to do his thing where it was uh, at the end of every show it would be, and that's the kind of day it's been for this Tuesday, December 22nd, 2016. For all of us here at CTV News, I'm Lloyd Robertson. Good night. That was his sign-off, right? That was his his uh, his signature. And, uh, you know, he said, he's mentioned to me, he said, that's your signature. Keep it. It's a good signature. So anyway, that became my, my signature. Do you think it was going to catch on the way it did with the viewers at the time? No, I had no idea, right? I, and, and there was some back pushback, too. Some people, what are you doing that camera thing for? Because other people, nobody was, else was doing that. So people are used to a certain look and a certain, you know, sort of attitude i suppose and 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 they're not used to that but me being the type of person i was and and being a little bit you know out there i uh, i had no problem doing it right i could do it and feel comfortable doing it and that's the important thing i mean if you did it if you're doing it and you felt awkward doing it people would be able to tell you you're you're awkward doing it but it just came so naturally to me it was almost like throwing an uppercut right and being a former boxer it was like Come on out, you know, and and uh, uh, no, it just seemed like a natural thing for me, and uh, and I, I I couldn't believe how it caught on. Every time I you know when I'd be walking down the street and say, "Hey Joe, come on out," you know, so it was like, so it was a thing that uh, uh, really caught on, and 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 now people just everywhere know me by that. So it's become, as Lloyd said, my signature, right? And like also the industry, I'm sure you've seen it go through different changes from when you started till now. Uh, what do you think is like one of the biggest changes and what do you maybe wish like something they do now in broadcasting would maybe be from back then, if you can take something from back then? I don't know if you can, because so, so back in the day, remember, there's, there's not much in the way of the internet. Internet was just starting yeah. and there was uh, very little on the internet and people would not go to the internet for their for any information and uh that's that's changed it's like okay so people would would wait until i was on at eleven thirty to find out to get those jays highlights or lease highlights or raptors highlights and uh you know and i would i would always go heavy in the local sports teams and and so you know you, there's there's no way you could watch the and if you, if you miss the game and, and it, it, there's no way you could see what happened and even if you did see the game, you might have missed certain parts of it. So if you watch my highlight pack, you would be able to get, uh, you know, I, I always try to make my highlight package be like a, a condensed version of the game. You know, I try to get the elements of the game in, in, in that highlight pack, you know, the, the, the key turning points and that type of stuff. So that would, and anything that was unusual or funny, we'd put that in there as well. You know, somebody got hit, knocked over the boards into the other team's players bench and we put that on there right this is funny so a guy made a catch and went over the wall came up with the ball it'd be funny like right? and 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 pretty cool actually so you know you you comp uh, you you know you would uh, put your highlights together and uh people would stay up and watch the highlights uh, highlights and uh and then go to bed uh, and so that's what that's kind of the way of the world now, with the internet today, you don't have to wait. I mean, if I, if I, if I, I got my phone, I get, I get uh, notifications. 
And if it says Vlad Guerrero Jr. homers in the fourth inning, Jays lead 3-2, I just go to my MLB.com, hit the click to highlight and watch it. Oh yeah, wow, he really crushed that one. You know, I could that's 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 a different type of thing today. People don't feel why would I wait until the sports at eleven o'clock to watch the highlights when I can see them right now? You know? Yeah. And if I if I miss the Raptors highlights, if I don't if I can't see the game. I go to I go to YouTube, Key and Raptors, tonight's highlights, nine minutes, every basket. Yeah. You know, and, and uh so it, it's like uh yeah, so I mean it, it's there there's no reason to uh to stay up and watch it on, on the news anymore. You know, so I mean there's 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 personalities that you like to see and there's you know people that you like to hear from and and when it comes to news, maybe it's a little bit different because you get a different slant on on uh, on the way people uh, uh, are, are reporting on stuff. But um, when it comes to sports, you know, it is what it is. So it's it's pretty easy to uh, you know report on that, and, and uh, you can get that stuff anywhere. So so the only reason you're watching now is for for uh, to look and hear something different, right? For so so for example the, the sports show that I'm starting up uh, next month, which will be on Barnburner and uh, and we're going to do on, it'll be a Facebook Live. It's called Joe Tilly Sports, and the reason I call it Joe Tilly Sports is so I can say you know my first guest is going to be Ron Ellis, a former Leafs great, and we got to sit down for a chat with Ron Ellis and and uh, um, you know talk, he talks about Team Canada '72, his time with the Leafs and. On that last least team to win the Stanley Cup, Ron Ellis on Joe Tilly Sports coming up. <laughs> right. That's good. So anyway, um, yeah. So uh, that's you know. So I'll you know I'll be able to sit down with Ron Ellis, and then we two we've got Wendell Clark. We've also going to have a show with Rick Five. I mean, Tracy uh, uh, Murray, um, Eureka Rosa da Silva. Scotty Bowman, I've got, uh, that's the lineup I've got for the next little while. And uh, so it, it's an opportunity to um, sit down with one, some of these uh, former greats and uh, get to hear some stories and, and uh, a little bit more about what they were going through at the time and what it was like back in the day to, to be winning Stanley Cups in Toronto. And, you know, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a unique situation that uh, that's, that's something you keep, you're not going to see on YouTube. Yeah. So if you're giving somebody something different, right, an opportunity to see somebody, you know, in a different light to, uh, you know, that's that's that that's something we can, uh, you know, we can offer that's different. Yeah, and that's one uh, heck of a lineup you got there. That's good. So everyone, you heard yeah. it here first on Vibe 105. Yeah. You definitely want to check out Joe yeah. Tilly Sports for that lineup. Uh, but you even brought something interesting up there because – uh, the idea of going to YouTube, the idea of finding uh, highlights on even Twitter, for example, like, do you think that's taking away a lot of jobs in the, especially for sports broadcasting if uh, they're in the news field? Well, yes and no, but I mean, so, th so there's an opportunity also to create jobs, right? There's an opportunity for, you know, really as an individual, uh, you can start your own TV station, right? And you can, you can have your own, you can have your own sports station. You can you can develop your own show, 
station, you know, that, that, that's potentially, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. It just, it's a different, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not sending tapes to somebody and saying, Hey, have a look at this tape. And what do you think? And, and then getting hired that way. Now you're, you know, starting your own thing. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I suppose there are still, there still are radio outlets and TV outlets and might be interested in, in picking somebody up that's doing that if, if it makes sense to them. But, you know, there's, there's people making, you know, doing podcasts out there and sports podcasts and making a lot more money than they did in, uh, in the, uh, you know, regular TV business. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, there's an opportunity for a guy who believes himself willing to hustle a little bit and, uh, you know, applies himself and just works hard and does it. I think there's opportunities. So old, you know, the old school, the old way. Yeah. There, there's those positions are shrinking. Those are disappearing. They don't even have sports on CTV anymore. Like that's, you know, uh, at all. So, you know, the only, the only sports they do is that there's, there's a news anchor reading a 20 second voiceover, you know, yeah. when the Raptors win the NBA championship and mispronouncing names. And it's like, that's not a sports person who's going to listen to that, but you know, your average viewer who's not a sports fan will say, Oh, that's neat. Oh, okay. Cool. All the Raptors won the championship. Oh, cool. But a sports fan uh, was watching the game. <laughs> And then watching the highlights afterwards on the on the on this channel that had the broadcast, or, or or watching everything on YouTube, and then watching all the post game reaction, you know, and all that other stuff. So, yeah. So people who are hardcore sports fans are, are going to go right to the source, and people who aren't sports fans at all, you know, just a little twenty second voiceover is all they need. They're happy with that, so they don't care. So that's why it has changed the way it is. Plus, you know, it's a it's a financial thing that the revenue for television isn't what it used to be, you know, because you know. Uh, let's face it, like who, who, you know, like your age, Giancarlo, or or younger, or even a little older than you, who's watching the news? Yeah. Like, right? Are you not watching stuff on YouTube and, you know, the internet? And, yeah. Twitter. You know, even, if, you yeah. Want, if you want to see something, you, you know, if something, oh, wow, did you see that? Did you see that hit by, uh, by Austin Matthews on Chara? That was unbelievable. You go, oh, yeah. You go right to the internet and you watch it. Yeah. Right? That's true. You don't wait for the news. That's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. thing you brought up there, too, because about social media is something new from this like whole industry. It's going in towards that direction. So someone like you who's been there from, I guess, the start of this whole sports programming in Canada, how, do you, how has it affected you in a sense? Yeah, I, I was there the, uh, on the very first radio. I was there on the very first radio broadcast in 1922. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, how, how, so how has it affected me? Well, I mean, the, uh, so back in the day, okay, when I first started there, I worked for CFTO Toronto, and then I would do all kinds of stuff for CTV, the network, you know, I, you know hosting the, the, week, the weekly NBA game on, on Saturdays and uh, hosting auto racing, doing boxing play-by-play -play and all kinds of stuff like that. And then, then we started, uh, we started, uh, uh, we, well, I had a show that started on CFTO called Sports Beat Today, which I started back in 80, 1989. And I used to co-host it with Jerry Dobson. It would run Sunday night at uh, 6.30 
they'd have a half hour newscast from six to six thirty, and then we do sports beat today from six thirty to seven on Sundays. And it was it was a very successful show. But then we started uh, Rogers. Uh, well, sorry, it was CTV Sports then. Oh yeah. In 93, 94, 95, 95, and maybe somewhere, maybe 95, 96, we started CTV Sportsnet. So we stopped doing that show. But actually, I, I stopped doing the show, and Sneal stepped in in about 93 or whatever, because I just was tired of working six days a week. And then uh, so Sneal started doing the show with Jerry. But then uh, Roger Sportsnet started. And uh, once we started Roger Sportsnet, well, then I started to do shows on on roger sportsnet you know fill in anchoring and all that stuff besides my regular gig and then uh then we sold uh, then we bought tsn and sold rogers sold sportsnet to rogers and uh you know then occasionally doing stuff for for tsn but then after a while it just that sort of fizzled out i was just doing my regular gig and then uh and then when ctv uh three years ago decided they, were, they didn't need sports anymore so they dropped sports entirely so that was uh the end of that that was the end of a, a fun run, 33 and a half years. So that's how it affected me. And then since that time, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to do a sports show. So I started doing it with him. We did that for about a year and a half. And, and now I'm doing my own thing starting uh, next month. So I guess I didn't want to quit entirely. I was prepared to uh, just say, forget about it, just retire. But, uh, you know, once I started doing it again, I guess I got the bug and, and now it's uh, something new. Yeah, we're happy you did. We want to hear you. We want to hear your stories and just hearing what you're up to. I think it's good that you're still doing it. Uh, once again, for those just joining us here on Vibe 105, this is Giancarlo Lino with a Sports Vibe Talk segment being joined by Joe Tilly. Uh, Joe, I want to ask you there because you brought up there 33 and a half years being you know, involved with it and broadcasting. I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences in the industry. If you can share, I guess, an experience with us, uh, something for radio, what would be uh, an experience that was memorable for you, maybe with a player or involved in the field over there? Oh, okay. So the, my, the, first, the one that sticks out right now for me is, uh, so 1984, I wasn't at CFTO. I started at CFTO in July of 1984. But in the spring of 1984, I was uh, working at, at uh, CFCN Lethbridge, and uh, I was a sports director. And uh, I was born and raised in Edmonton, so we were, we, were, we were in Edmonton for the weekend. And it was a Saturday night, and the Oilers were playing the Islanders game five of the Stanley Cup final. So this is, remember, this is 84, and this is uh, either late May, early June, 84. And uh, the Oilers are playing the Islanders game five of the Stanley Cup final. And uh, I called the Oilers PR office and talked to Bill Tuelli, the PR guy, told him I was in town and uh, asked him if I could get a press pass for the game. And he said, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I got the press pass, went down to watch the game, and, and the Oilers won the Stanley Cup. And they were my team. That night they won the Stanley Cup, and it was such an incredible night. So I look at my press pass, it says all access. Wow. So after the game, I go into the Oilers dressing room, and, you know, me and a couple of the reporters, we, we were pouring like cans of beer into the Stanley Cup and drinking out of it. Randy Gregg, the owner's defenseman, who was also a doctor, he pours it out and he pours champagne in here. Here, guys, drink this. And so we got to drink some champagne out of the Stanley Cup. And uh, it was quite an amazing night. That was, uh, you know, just looking around and taking it all in and watching different players who were, you know, experiencing this stuff, all this stuff for the first time and how they were reacting to it and just breathing it all in. It was such an exciting time. That was a fun, fun 
night and everything about it, the whole, the game, the, the, uh, the, the dressing room after. And I was, I was one of the very last people to leave the dressing room. When I left the dressing room, Ken Linsman was there sitting up and kind of beside his locker up, up, up in a thing up top. And, uh, there might've been a couple other guys, maybe, uh, an equipment guy, you know, and, and that was about it when I walked out there. Cause I just, I just didn't want to leave. And, uh, that was such a fun, fun, uh, experience, you know, and, and, you know, I got a chance to cover a lot of sports. Like I was, I was an amateur boxer. I got a chance to, uh, cover some boxing events, big boxing events. I was, uh, when Lennox Lewis had his first, uh, title defense, I was in Vegas for that against Tony Tucker. When, uh, Donnie Lalonde fought Sugar Ray Leonard for the light heavyweight championship. It was a super middleweight or light heavyweight. I mean, it was I can't remember what the title was. I think it was, I think it was light heavy. I think Ray moved up to light heavy to challenge Lalonde for the title. I was there for that ringside for that. That was a really cool thing. Yeah. I was there, you know, in the press box for the bat flip and the whole thing with the Texas Rangers. And that was so wild. That was an emotional roller coaster, you know, to take that in. Cause at times it looked like the Jays were done, you know, yeah. there was that run that was, that was allowed that it, it looked like uh, interference, or I can't remember what it was. It was something with Russell Martin when he threw the ball was yeah. uh, interfered with somehow. And uh, anyway, they allowed the run to score, and that that, that gave uh, Texas the lead. And then uh, then the Jays came back, and then when when there was all the fighting between the two teams, it was just such an emotional roller coaster. And then when Joey hit that home run and and did the bat flip, and it was just like wow, wow. <laughs> it was it was a great great moment and so yeah so I've, I've got a chance to experience a lot of that stuff firsthand and pretty cool yeah that's that bat flip too i remember watching that on tv so just seeing that i can only imagine what it was like there that's uh amazing well i'm telling you when when the, when the rangers scored that go-ahead run there was so much frustration and you could feel the tension and the anger like these two teams did not like each other and it was almost like the Rangers were, you know, it just, there was so much emotion. You know, when people criticized about Batista for flipping that bat, but just, you know, it just made sense at the time. It really did, I'm telling you, because it was kind of there. There you go. We've done this, you know, and it was less, it was perfect. It was really perfect. And, uh, yeah, and it was just, uh, you know, you're not supposed to cheer in the, in the press box, right? That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but pretty much everybody was cheering the sadly, <laughs> except for the except for the Rangers uh, media. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Great memory there, and uh, I just want to transition yeah. too because uh, you mentioned there that you're a boxer, and uh, big boxing events going to happen that I didn't even think would even happen. Mike Tyson stepping back into the ring in his fifties against Roy Jones Jr. What were your thoughts when this was first announced, and are you excited for this? Well, okay, so before it was announced, I remember seeing training visits of Mike Tyson. Yeah. And I remember saying, wow, he looks good. How old is Tyson? 53, 54? Wow, oh, he looks good. I mean, he looks as good as he's ever looked in terms of the way he's throwing punches and hitting those bags. And, you know, he looked, looked pretty awesome. And then when I found out he was fighting again, he wanted to fight again. And then at that time, he pitched uh, to Holyfield, and Holyfield would only fight an exhibition. And Tyson was not fighting an exhibition. He wants to fight, fight for real. And if you don't want to fight for real, forget about it. So uh, Roy Jones Jr. came out of the woodwork and said, yeah, I'll fight you for real. And think about Roy, he's, he's 50 or I think he's 50 or 51. 
Tyson's 53, 54 in a row there. Uh, and Jones Jr., I think, has fought as recently as like two or three years ago. So he, it, Tyson hasn't fought, I think, since 2003, which is a long time. Maybe a little bit later than that, but not much. And then uh, Jones Jr. hasn't fought uh, for two or three years. So there, he has an advantage in that, in that aspect. But Tyson is such a powerful fighter and naturally a heavyweight. Roy Jones Jr., remember, he fought at the Olympics as a light middleweight. Yeah. So 154 pounds. So, you know, that's a big difference between uh, being a natural heavyweight and being a natural. I think he fought his best. His, his best fights came to me, in my opinion, as him as a middleweight to a, maybe a middle, super middle, maybe light heavyweight. As a heavyweight, you know, sure, he won the title and everything else, but he wasn't the same to me as an effective fighter. Great hand speed, incredible hand speed, probably still has great hand speed. Uh, doesn't have the kind of Tyson's power. And Tyson's a good defensive fighter, too. So, I mean, it's like uh, I can't see Roy Jones Jones beating him, but I am really looking forward to seeing the fight for sure. And do you think we'll see more of this? Because, like, I, in MMA, like, as a comparable, I've seen Bellator MMA, which is, like, the competitor of the UFC. They had Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie, and both of them were close to 50. Shamrock was in his 50s. Gracie, maybe 49, but in and around there. Do you think this Legends deal with boxers would sell more, especially now? Well, because of names, right? Uh, uh, it depends. It, like, certain parts of the planet where they don't follow boxing as as closely as they do see in Europe or, uh, you know, in pockets in Canada. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, the legend stuff has its, uh, you know, its value, I suppose, but there are some good fighters out there right now, you know, like Terrence Crawford, the welterweight who just fought last weekend, him and Errol Spence, a couple undefeated guys that, you know, a lot of people want to see f fighting, uh, two Canadians that are, are coming up when the welterweight division, uh, Custio, uh, Clayton, Who's uh, who fought for the who's undefeated and fought for the world title a couple of weeks ago got jawed by a draw. They called it a draw when he won that fight. And then uh, another guy is fighting in in uh, in January is uh, Cody Crowley, the crippler from Peterborough. He's uh, undefeated and uh, nineteen and zero. And so uh, there's some excitement for me and a lot of boxing fans in, in the welterweight division. The heavyweights uh, that's compelling now too with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder have those. First two fights between those two, that was pretty cool. And then uh, a lot of people want to see Tyson Fury fight Anthony Joshua. We might see another Fury Wilder fight. Uh, there's a couple other heavyweights that are coming up, uh, you know, that are maybe making some noise. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there is some interest there. So I think the legends are great. But I mean, I don't know if I want to see George Foreman fight again at 65 <laughs> or 70 or whatever he is now. But, you know, Tyson, sure, with the, with the kind of condition he's in, yeah, why not? I mean, he's still got that crazy power. And, you know, if, if Holyfield was willing to take a fight that's not an exhibition, it might be interesting. I might, well, yeah, I certainly watch that. I definitely would watch that. Lennox Lewis, if he decided to come back and fight Tyson, I'd watch that. So there are certain legend fights that, I, that would certainly pique my interest. But to me, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty good fighters out there right now to, to keep your eye on and, and uh I think boxing is making somewhat of a comeback now. It's a, it's a, it's a great sport for COVID yeah. because you need three judges all equally distant, spread apart. You need cameras. You need a referee. You need two fighters, a couple of cornermen. Boom. You're good to go.
you know, it's not like a football team in the NFL where you need a hundred people yeah. on each side of the field. It, it, it fits the, the, uh, the pandemic climate quite, quite nicely. So. And also, yeah, with uh, the cornerman, it kind of adds like it is kind of fans because you have the one corner cheering for their fighter, the other corner cheering for them. So for a viewership, I agree with you. It is like, especially under this climate, it does give you that same kind of feel of you being in an arena with fans around. And especially now with Mike Tyson, like he's a guy who he doesn't like making it by the hour. He doesn't like going the distance in fights. He wants it to go in and out. No. So should yeah. people who are viewing this, who are going to pay to watch it, have that in yeah. mind? Like, this could be over quick. I, I, if I'm going to make $10 million for a fight, it, I make $10 million whether that fight lasts one minute or 48 minutes, right? <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So, And uh, like yeah. Tyson, too, like you, I'm sure you saw his prime. Like, uh, what was that like at the time? Like, just experiencing this guy come up 19 years old and just knock yeah. out everybody. Yeah, it was it was exciting. He was always it, Tyson was always excitement. I was there actually in Vegas too when he for his comeback fight against Peter Hurricane Peter McNeely. Wow. I was like nose to nose with Mike at one time because I tried to get an interview with him. He didn't want to talk to me, but I I corralled him so that we had we had a, a cameraman was on this my cameraman was on that left side of me, and I had the microphone over here. We had the microphone cord, and him and his entourage were walking by. I said, Mike, Mike, give me give me give me a minute for an interview, buddy. Meet me, and he wouldn't stop. But he came up to the door and he couldn't go anywhere because we had the uh, uh, the uh, microphone cord growling him and his entourage. So I said, so can you talk now, Mike? He says, no, I got nothing to say. And he just walked away. And he, but he kind of gave me a wink and a nod. <laughs> it was a kind of a funny bit. He just wasn't talking pre-fight uh, except for the, the, the news conferences we had. But was, I just still want to try to get him in a one-on-one. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be yeah. cool to see, especially now Mike Tyson, like, mm-hmm kind of changed his life around and now his own podcast. He's another guy who's been successful. Like you mentioned before about going into podcasting, Mike Tyson, his podcast alone is one of the most successful ones. But on mm-hmm. that note, Joe, uh, how can our listeners follow you on social media and uh, follow your show? Well, um, my, my on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Joe Swiss Tilly at Joe Swiss Tilly, T I L L E Y Swiss S W I S S. And, uh, on uh, Facebook, Joe Tilly, and uh, the show is going to be live on Facebook and Barnburner and other platforms. It's, it'll be called Joe Tilly Sports. Coming up. That's great. Uh, definitely recommend that follow. Uh, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on here to talk all things broadcasting and boxing, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks, John Carl. Thank you. My pleasure. That was Joe Tilly. Now we're going to send it back to the studio for more programming right here on Vibe 105. And now back to your vibe, Vibe 105.